This is the Ring of Honor, aka Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you ever seen, boy. This is Mister Anderson. This is good old Jr. Jim Ross, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Starts now. Woo! What up, no? It's a Thursday. We got fights to talk about. We got wrestling to talk about. And, uh, shit, it looks like we've been enjoined by Unk. This is Knockouts and Three Counts. We're here again. What up, Uncle Chase Burnett? What is up, Knockouts and Three Counts? I'm so excited today. I'm very excited to see you guys. You sounded a lot younger there real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a condition. It's not funny, okay? So let's not joke about it, okay? Hey, it's okay. See, I have health issues, and I've learned that the best way of getting over said issues is I've had to learn to be able to make fun of myself. So, see, maybe I'm going to help you break ground in the wrestling business. See, if you make fun of yourself, maybe, you know, it might help you out. Maybe it might not. I don't know. But... Go ahead and throw your social medias out and let them know where they can find you all that good find stuff. Find me on uh, Facebook. I'm so good on Facebook for some reason. I think it's because I do an old guy gimmick um, that I'm most over on Facebook. I don't know what that is, but uh, find me at Chase Burnett on Facebook. Find me on uh, Twitter, Bald and Bougie 24A. Search Uncle Chase Burnett. I'm there. I'm the best Uncle Chase Burnett, so you'll be able to find me quickly. All right, all right. We already got somebody in the comments. Donald Holland, what up, Uncle Chase Burnett? We appreciate oh, you, kind sir. Yes, sir. Shout out to Donald. He's a really great fan. He's out in Waterford, and I hate every other human from Waterford except that man and his family, and that's it. So shout out to all him right, and so shout out to my boy. I got more shout outs. I got a lot of fans. Shout hey, out to man, the I... homie, Hardcore Free... <laughs> Hard Cam Frio. Shout out to him. Hell yeah. And Definitely shout out to him. I love seeing what that kid is doing, man. He's out here doing the damn thing. You know, if you haven't done so, subscribe to his channel, Hardcam Frio, bringing you all the best a- action from the Michigan independent scene. Well, speaking of the Michigan independent scene, it's been a little minute since we've had you on the show. What the fuck has Uncle Chase been up to? You know, Uncle Chase is more of a one-and-done kind of guy, it seems. They, everybody's booking me once, and then, they, you know, they'll hit me up later when I get some cloud. And uh, the only uh, people really bringing me in multiple times, I've been working for Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling out in Kalkaska. And that is a beautiful city. It is worth the drive, for sure, from downriver to come see these shows. They're amazing. Have you ever seen their stuff? I have. I watched a little bit of it on uh, IWTV. I haven't gotten to be at one of their events yet, but I have seen uh, Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling. If I'm not mistaken, isn't uh, one Tommy Vendetta their champion right now? He is their champion right now, yes. But, you know, I get me. let me get like one and a half wins, and I'm going to get there for sure. One and a half wins. So how does one uh, equate a half win? Does that count when there's like a double count out or something? Is that how you get a half win? Yep. Yes, sir. See, you know a lot about wrestling. It's the double count out, then a coin flip. I mean, all right. I didn't know about the coin flip. Now, is Das Boot involved in the coin flip? Uh, no, not this time. So you can't be giving away all the industry secrets, bro. 
You know, see, that's one of the great parts of doing all this shit. See, you get to find out all the real behind the scenes. See, most of you people think that the behind the scenes stuff is who's going where, like maybe one Malachi Black, which we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, before we do that, uh, make sure you hit that motherfucking subscribe button in the bottom right hand corner. And if you guys are checking this out in post on the podcast, as I tell you every week, if you leave a five star review, I will show it on the show, shout you out on the show, hell, whatever it is, hell, maybe I'll bring you on the show, make sure you leave them five-star <laughs> ratings and comments and likes and shares and all that good shit. That's all right. I had to do to get on the show was rate you five stars? I mean, I it, it makes us feel good. Kind of kind of easy on the just giving away invites for five stars, because you don't want to okay. see who what type of guest might come pop that we want as many five stars as we get and then i'll pick the best submission ah damn it we want as many we want as many five star reviews and comments and all that shit we need them all we need all of them but like i said man uh mr chainsaw pro wrestling they've been uh i've been watching a lot of their stuff i know i've seen like i mentioned you know, I know you just did your thing with uh, Mr. Chainsaw. I know other past guests of the show, Logan's done his deal with uh, Mr. Chainsaw. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our past guests have been killing it at Mr. Chainsaw. Um, what is it that you like about Mr. Chainsaw most, man? I mean, it does seem to be making quite a name for itself here in Michigan. I think it has something to do with uh, just the no-frills bullshit from the promoter. He He's very easy to work with, gives you what you want. And uh, he always has stuff in the back for the boys, making sure they're comfortable. He has uh, rules in the back to you know what you need to do and what you don't need to do. The the fans themselves seem so uh, so much more passionate because not good wrestling don't come around that often or around up there, you know. So this is special to that part of Michigan, to be honest. This is and it feels special when you go up there. I like that's what I like to hear, man. I mean, I hope that we're starting to going to start seeing some more spotlight uh, for the Michigan indie scene. Well, talking about the indie scene, man, another place you've been doing your thing at is Flophouse as fuck. All right. We're going to be to speak since we're talking about Flophouse. uh, Make sure you check us out next Thursday as Justin Pilgrim will be making his debut on knockouts and three counts before his last match against a guy named the Carver. Oh, shit. Have you Uh, ever seen the Carver? I, I have seen the Carver. Uh, Corey, this guy's like some shit out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's uh, scary. Do, do go it's, on. Uh, it, it's pretty fucking scary. Uh, but, I mean, with a guy with a name like Justin Pilgrim, I think he might do all right with it. So, like I said, make sure you check us out next Thursday for Mr. Justin Pilgrim. And since we're going to be talking about fights... Like I said, we're talking about wrestling right now, but I brought Uncle Chase on because I want to know what Uncle Chase thinks about UFC 264. But since we're talking about UFC 264, make sure you also are checking us out this Tuesday as I'll be bringing on Ryan McKinnell from Busted Open and MMA Today with Misha Tate from SiriusXM to help us recap the whole damn thing this Tuesday. So, yeah, you need to make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of it. Fancy so, Kyle over here. You guys are getting the big names. I mean, we're trying out here. And, hey, if you're going to be at SummerSlam, guess what? I'm going to be in that bitch, too, with the homie Mega Ran. Make sure you check us out. I might even take a stop into Extreme Couture to go see the guitar hero, Justin James. I mean, oh, hey, 
Yes. It's it's gonna we're gonna be getting down and getting after it in Las Vegas. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pulling a Ric Flair loop, man. I'm gonna be in Nashville and Vegas all in the same weekend, and then back home to the mitten. Incredible. We we already know classy Kyle over here getting it done. You know I don't I don't got it cleaned up too much, but you watch, man. I got I'm gonna pull out some shit for the Death Star when we go to Vegas. Well, I love it. I, I'm re- always impressed lately. You've been getting some awesome names, especially for the MMA stuff. It's been really good lately. I I very much so it. appreciate that, sir, because I we, we're trying to keep the good names coming. And since you bring up MMA names, you know, I brought up somebody who's from wrestling and MMA. And, but, you know, for our Michigan fans, you may know who this guy is. So... Those of you who have been paying attention for any little bit of time know that we've been doing our thing with XFC. Well, another Michigan legend is going to be making his return at XFC. We're going to be bringing one Mr. Darren Crookshank to the show the same week that we bring your main event of XFC 45, Mr. Bobby Nash. And I'm going to be getting real crispy in this bitch because your boys are going to be up in the press conference that's going to be live on their YouTube. So make sure you stay tuned. So like I said, now that I've got done plugging everything, let's talk about some of the other things that are going on in the pro wrestling world. Can we, uh, another thing that's going on this weekend that I, for one, am very much so looking forward to, maybe we're going a little out of order in the days kind of thing, but it's my show. I can do that shit. So ring of honor, Best in the world is going down this Sunday. And, you know, for any of you guys that are Ring of Honor fans, I mean, just throwing it out there. I mean, hey, there's interviews with Shane Taylor. Hey, there's one that we just did with Mike Bennett that we've had people from fucking England hitting us up about. I mean, and Lord knows we go way back with everybody's favorite monster. I mean, he's not human. I mean, PCO, who will also be going to war, best in the world. It's going to be... uh going to be quite the few cards so let's talk a little bit about that unk the first matter of business for us with ring of honor best in the world is going to have to be shane taylor promotions as they take on dalton castle dak draper and eli isom so my question for you is that's a pretty ragtag group of guys for shane and them to be going against what do you think about uh some of the things that we got coming for ring of honor best in the world man I'm actually a big fan of what they've been doing. I think uh, people need to wake up, realize the product that ROH has been putting out is honestly the best uh, pandemic era wrestling that there is right now. And uh, I really love what they're doing. I love the stuff with, I'm going to talk about it broadly. I, don't, uh, I love the stuff that they're doing with the TV title with Tony Deppin and his stable that it, it it's like. Violence really Unlimited. Yeah, it's really great stuff for me. I really love Violence Unlimited. I, I, I'm a big fan of that stuff. I love what they're doing with PCO, bringing in Danhausen and having them team up. Like they're so quirky. What are your like, thoughts on that? Know? As you, as somebody who provokes like the imagination of wrestling fans, I mean, that's quite the crazy group. And hey, Danhausen is uh very, very nice, very evil, but he's also one of Michigan's own. So. I, for one, am looking forward to this tag team, but at the same time, they've got uh, quite the matchup in them taking on the Bouncers, who are a seasoned Ring of Honor tag team. What do you think about this one, Unc? Uh, I I love the way it's going. I, I can't wait to see the payoff of this match. Honestly, I think that it's been built up beautifully. They have uh, this this 
random tag team come together and face someone more serious that will like threaten to actually hurt them instead of play around with them. I, I really like that. So I'm really looking forward to see how they're going to pay it off. Well, what about you, man? You know, we don't really get to see you in too much uh, tag team action. Is there anybody that uh, Uncle Chase could uh, maybe be looking at as a tag team partner, or are you just sticking to the singles? Uh, probably just by myself now. I was in tag team for a long time. For oh, I know. Reason, yeah, guys are not my uh, on my, my, the same sleep schedule I'm, I'm on, so it's hard to have a tag team partner. It's hard. Are we at a 7.30 bedtime or are we at 8? Well, basically, I had to take a five-hour nap to do this show because it starts at 9. So that's pretty ridiculous, in my opinion. I'd be asleep by now, and I'd be waking up, you know, in a few hours. All right. So speaking of sleep schedules, it's a perfect segue to our next match. I mean, if any of you guys were paying attention, which if you hit subscribe, you already would be, uh, Mike Bennett, Talk to us about sleep schedules with being uh, having two kids now and even the great internet in the state of Illinois having to be fixed by um, one Maria Canellis during that interview, which you can check out as well. But, hey, he said in his chat with us that he was looking forward to going after that pure championship against Jonathan Gresham. Well, he went and won the uh, gauntlet for the pure title. It's going to be him versus Jonathan Gresham. Uh Quite the clash in styles in this one, because, I mean, Mike Bennett's not uh, traditionally who you look at as necessarily the most uh, technical wrestler or grappling-centric guy. But I don't know, man. Something about this match, I really feel like it could steal the show. Uh, Mike's Bennett, Mike Bennett's recent work has been some of my absolute favorite of his entire career. Uh, check him out. He's doing random indie stuff, too. That's really good, like... Um, but Mike Bennett is pretty much been preparing for Jonathan Gresham's style. If you really pay closely attention, I think that he's getting himself ready and it's going to be an absolutely great matchup. I completely agree with that. And speaking of that indie stuff, we got to be there for his first, uh, one of his first shows out with Pele pro, which if you haven't checked them out, they are going to be doing their thing on July 24th out there in Texas. Got, uh, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander coming out there. You got, uh, Matt cross coming out there, you know, past guests of the show, Isaiah Broner's been in that bitch and many others. So make sure you check out Pele pro because I mean, it's out everywhere now. So a little birdie didn't tell me, but Hey, they're even going to be in Vegas that Friday before yeah. SummerSlam as well. So make sure you check out the homies from uh Pele pro. Um, like I said, man, Mike Bennett did his thing out there. He was part of this uh, documentary out there. It was really cool to watch back because getting to chat with them, you could really see just the just the joy that he had to be back out on the road, man. Like just to be able to wrestle and it be just just about wrestling, not any politics of you want me to do this and that guy wants me to do that and she wants me to do that. It just you could see he was genuinely enjoying it and uh, having some fun. So to get to see that and then to get to chat with him was really cool. And now to see that come to fruition now, uh, we talked about that with him along with his match with uh, Chandler Hopkins that took place on um, that doc, um, on Pele Pro, excuse me, if I could spit it out. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to see what happens from Mike Bennett. But 
The last match I've got on my docket, obviously, besides the world title match between Roosh and uh, Bandito, which could be very interesting. Uh, the other match that really sticks out to me is Brody King versus Jay Lethal. We talked a little bit about Violence Unlimited. Well, their leader and the front man of God's hate, uh, Brody King, going to war with uh, one of Ring of Honor's originals in Jay Lethal. Uh I don't know, man. It's a clash in styles, but I feel like this one's going to get down and dirty because something tells me uh, Brody King isn't going to go with the whole pure wrestling standpoint. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, dude is just beats you the F up. I mean, and that's it. He's not going to hammer lock you. He's going to break your shoulder off maybe and punch you and hit you with an actual hammer. Maybe that, but no, it's going to be a great one. Uh, I think they built this up perfectly for the main event. Uh, Jay Lethal is undeniable at this point. His legacy is undeniable at this point. Multiple promotions. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this main event. I, I think ROH is doing something special with this card. People need to start paying attention. Uh, I know hey, man, you, I mean, go ahead. I, I know you had brought up that you thought they were the best during the pandemic. What do you think uh, made them stand out the most? Uh, they actually, it seemed like other promotions were just doing the same thing and and just fans weren't there. It was more acknowledged that the fans weren't there. You know, they the show was more worked around that. And uh, behind in the actual, so the actual wrestling was built for wrestling with no fans instead of doing the same exact wrestling and pretending there's fans there. But also uh, backstage wise, they did an actual bubble, uh, like an actual like NBA type of bubble where everyone stayed in a hotel for, you know, days, weeks, blah, blah, blah. Nobody got sick the entire pandemic. They paid all of their, uh, all the employees uh, throughout the whole pandemic for dates that they're already signed that they didn't get to do. Like ROH really did the thing. And while WWE are firing people during the pandemic, do you know what I'm saying? So it's like roh kept everyone happy and kept their word with everybody and kept everybody safe the entire time and that you got they got to be commended for that yeah no that that actually that's definitely something to tip your hat towards absolutely well that was something shane taylor talked about quite a lot when we were talking with him talking about you know being in the bubble we've got down on that motherfucking war zone while he was over there in that roh bubble (laughs) but Talking about returns to fans and all these types of things. I mean, AEW just made their first return to uh, real fans last night with, I mean, not real fans, but I mean, going somewhere outside of Daly's place in Jacksonville last night with going out for Road Rager. And I mean, I got to say, just based on the timing alone of it, I mean, you had quite the quite the entrance when everything went black let's let's check out what i'm talking about as we can all see and wait a minute what the oh my god god almighty what a kick right to Arn anderson's face there's cody Face of Cody, Tommy, and or what? 
Well, shit. I guess it's not Tommy End anymore, but Malachi Black has made his way to AEW, and uh, there's a lot of different things to talk about this. But, Unk, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on uh, one Mr. Black showing up over there on AEW? Hmm. Uh, so, I, so I never usually watch, but something told me to watch yesterday. I don't know why, but I ended up catching it. So I actually saw this live and I was with my partner and we never really watched wrestling together. And uh, even she knew that it was uh, pretty cool, like that something special had happened and that this guy is here to make a statement. So that was really cool to see. So I think it was ex- executed really well. And I like... Uh, the continuity of the eyeball gimmick that they're going to be doing. I think that's cool. Well, I was curious about whether or not that was a gimmick myself or whether that was like some type of skin condition or something along those lines. Well, it kind of goes with when he was in WWE, you know, he had had the whole thing with his eye and that was his last few months, you know, he'd had the patch and everything, but you know, what was dope about this is the fact that before that you had the, uh, promo that he put out where he basically killed out he killed the uh the orderly at the he killed the orderly at the insane asylum and then killed his doctor because they kept calling him tom and he goes my name's not tom it's malachi and then for him to show up on uh aw i mean i definitely thought okay here's a promo for him to you know show up somewhere but even with that i still didn't think that that meant that he was going to show up on aw and i mean If anything, here's the thing that's the most interesting to me on this. That now makes two people in the last month that have showed up in AEW without those 90-day non-compete clauses. Yeah, that was the most interesting point to me as well because that seems to be the, like, universal standard. Standard practices. Yeah, and so. so from what I've read, the reason why he was able to show up was because there was only a 30-day non-compete, which is what people from NXT get, that was still on his contract instead of the the stereotypical 90-day. So I think it's dope. I mean, it's definitely interesting to see. And it uh, them putting him in with Cody tells you right off the rip that they're going to try to do something. You know, here's the other ironic thing. Now that his wife debuts back in WWE right before he shows up in AEW in the same week. I mean, hell, uh, the Budgeon family or end family or whatever we're going to call them. I mean, shit, they're uh, making some moves out in this bitch, huh? I think we're starting to see that more couples being in different promotions. We're starting to see that a lot more. I mean, I feel like after, I mean, we're in 2021, dude. If you're dating somebody in the wrestling business, I mean, let's let's grow up. I mean, that's why I I'm glad that things were kind of handled the way they were with like the whole Adam Cole Britt Baker thing that had happened before and stuff like that too. It's like, look, dude, you love who you love, you're with who you're with. If somebody works in a different company, that should have no bearing on, you know, what you're doing uh in the present company you're in. So, we're going to have to see what happens with Mr. Black going forward, but Corey, I know you usually are, uh, you know, kind of catching up with all the wrestling stuff, but wait a minute, you are making your way down to Chicago with me for all out. So how are you feeling about being in the arena with me in Chicago 
and uh, what we could potentially see from Mr. Black, because something tells me that uh, Cody versus Black might be a great match for September 5th. That that wouldn't be a bad match. But that being said, I'm I'm excited to see what it's like in person because I, I know what I've seen over the TV since I've you know started doing the podcast and stuff again and tried to do my best to give some sort of insight to a world I'm not necessarily particularly privy to, I guess you could say. But uh, with that being said, I'm I'm interested in what the night's gonna bring. The, the most beyond just like a single match or anything like that. I'm excited in what the whole atmosphere of the event's going to be like, I guess you could say would be my number one uh, highlight that I'm looking forward to. Hey man, I'm looking forward to it. Plus, uh, I mean, we're going to check out Wrigley, bro. Yeah. That's, I'm excited about checking out Wrigley. I've always wanted to go see the Ivy wall, man. So I'm very excited for that. I'm excited to see you go to a show. Yeah, that's it, sweet. I mean, it, I appreciate the invite, but it's all good. I mean, you're more than welcome, sir. We got to get tickets yeah. tomorrow morning. Matter of fact, oh, yeah, well, call my call fun. my call my bluff. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say no. we got <laughs> that face got a little red, a little quick. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I'm looking forward to getting to Chicago. I'm looking forward to getting to Nashville and Vegas. But I mean, also. This I'm looking forward to, I mean, hey, you know, we're trying to get it out here. Get it how you live, homeboy. We get it out here. But you know who else is trying to get it? It's crunch time for our man, James. Crunch time. Wilkins going to war this Friday on the undercard of the Barrios fight going down. Man, we got to interview this dude a little while back. He's rocking under the Golden Boy stable. Uh, I feel like people are going to be in for top op season come Friday, Corey. What do you think? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it was, it was unfortunate with uh, his injury and shit. And when we had him on the show, he was kind of breaking down into that and stuff, but uh, I'm very excited to see what he brings in his comeback because he's had a little bit of extra time in between what his normal fight schedule would be. So realistically, if you're a high-level fighter like you claim to be, you're going to be improving those skills even more when you uh, have some time off. So let's see it. I mean, dude, you can't – I mean, you, there's not really much uh, smaller place for him to go, man. Uh, like I said, oh, shit, the J-Bone show showing up in here saying you're trying to be in Vegas in August, man. I, I thought I heard that you was trying to be on knockouts three counts. I mean, I think we might have to make that happen. But if you do happen. find your way to August – if you do find your way to Vegas in August, I mean, hey, dude, uh, we're about to be doing the damn thing in Vegas. I'm trying to uh, start bringing Corey's ass out with me, so he's coming out in Chicago. If you're coming out to Vegas, I'm going to be out there with the homie Mega Ran. Who knows, uh, who knows what we hey. might just find ourselves into, bro? Shout out shout out my homie J-Bone, though. He's a good dude. Hey, I mean. He's making it happen. I, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Oh, no, you guys really remind me a lot of each other, too. You guys are passionate, passionate about it, about the podcast. Hey, man, game. like I said, I, I'm I'm always up for collaborations and you grinds, are. man. You, you've always been like that, man. People need to recognize, bro. you always trying to extend the olive branch the, this entire time to anybody who I, wants to know. I appreciate that, dude, because that's just that's how I'm cut, dude. If I can help somebody, I, I'll do everything I can to try to do so. Um, like I said, dude. I mean, 
that's that's just how we rock out this way. If if uh, more people had that mindset, we'd be all right. But yeah. enough of me trying to uh, hype myself out here. But like I said, make sure you check out the homie James Crunch Time Wilkins this Friday on DAZONE. God damn it, I'm tired of buying the subscriptions for these things. You know, maybe if you guys brought us in and gave me some credentials, bro, I'll fly the flag of the zone all over this bitch. You might see it behind me in the screen. But, I I mean, I digress. Uh, Before we get into UFC 264, all right, there was a little, there were a few news headlines in which I want to talk about. Um, You know, this one... What are your guys' thoughts on all of the expansion that the pandemic has created? Because I feel like not only in MMA, but in pro wrestling, we're seeing uh, a lot of expansion in places that I don't think uh, necessarily we would see. Like it was announced that WWE is going to be partnered up with Rolling Loud of all fucking things, wrestling and a concert. Like how how the fuck is that going to work? I don't know. What what to expect with that? But I could totally see that being it. Like, imagine all the years that we went to Warp Tour, Kyle. Imagine them, dude. That would be so badass if you put on, if you put on like a Treyu or some shit, and then let some guy come out to the ring. Let's have a death match in the middle of a Treyu concert. Hell yeah, let's go. So I could totally see it working out, especially in an environment like that where it's multiple stages. Where if that's not what you're into. You can keep it moving. It's not like there's, you know, you're locked down to what they are doing at this one particular stage. There's many that are to your pleasing, I guess you could say. So, you know, that's the nice thing with like the warp Tour and venues like that, where they had the five, six stages all up at once. It, it, it could really work out. I really honestly think that's a good idea, especially in the wrestling world to uh, pro- promote themselves in that manner. I really could see a, some positive coming out of that. Absolutely. I worked for uh, BCWA, you know, and uh, they hey, we actually, know those guys. Of course, yes. But they actually put on a few shows at the Warp Tour. And we also oh, really? did shows at Mayhem Festival. So I have wrestled oh, at no Mayhem shit. Festival a few times. Uh, look up Chase Burnett versus Malcolm Sunshine from um, Mayhem Festival. It is cannibal corpse is right behind me and they're starting their set and it's absolute insanity just that kind of crazy vibe just big bumps and fucking mosh pits all over and it's it's honestly incredible vibe i'm surprised more promotions don't do it bcwa was ahead of the game i'm I'm telling you this is gonna work out yeah mike blackwell i know you're gonna check this shit out man when are we getting bcwa back in the scene over here tag him tag him mike blackwell you know what just because you asked for it i'm gonna do that right now mike blackwell where the fuck yeah mike blackwell hey 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 kyle you know what's gonna happen here that boy is wild if you tag that man he will appear out of thin air and you know that as thin as his air can get Well, look here. You already, we've already established this. I ain't scared of shit. Just uh, ask hey, Amanda I, Bobby Cooper. But I, uh, I, <laughs> I ain't scared of shit, Corey. You don't know about that story, do you? Did I ever tell you that yeah. story? Yeah, I ain't scared of shit. Ask Amanda Bobby Cooper. But uh, yeah, maybe we'll talk about that a little more off the air. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm tagging Mike Mike Blackwell. We ain't scared of shit in here, Mike Blackwell. Man, tag Mike, Mike Blackwell, a brilliant man. There you go. Mike Blackwell, where are you at? Fool, I called you out. 
Uh, anyways, Mike Blackwell, we're waiting for the return of BCWA. And just throwing it out there, if you need a guy to come flap his gums on that commentary, Mike, I know a guy. Uh, speaking of which, Uncle Chase, did you hear the news? Yes, of course. I hear everything. I'm very popular. I'm very in with everything. Well, your boy is making his return to college wrestling. I will be the man behind the mic for the commentary for the Henry Ford Hawks for their four tournaments this winter. Getting behind the mic, flapping my gums. I was talking yeah. about Muskegon on Muskegon crime. Let's hope the Hawks just take care of them all in the first round. But, uh, yeah, I'm getting behind the mic again for some college wrestling. You are out here. Very bold of you to take that commentary position. Are you going to learn about wrestling now? Hey, dude. I mean, I already, <laughs> I called the, uh, I called the college wrestling oh. tournament with never having done it before in my life called 50 matches, never having done it before change. in my life. And they that asked me to come change. back before it was over with. So they must've liked something. So I, I damn it. Talking shit. I was trying to make a joke. You're very qualified at everything you do. No, I wasn't Those saying it. Hell, I thought I was a dumbass. I can get every no. position. I can beat diseases. I can do whatever I want. I mean, hey, bro, I'd be trying out here. I mean, Maybe it's the here. Lord. It's the Lord inside me, too. But hey, let's get it. Anything, Kyle, yeah, we don't have to roll, bro. The, the thing you're best at in this world is talking. So that, that job's made for you, buddy. Right there behind that mic. You keep talking shit, but you're going to see me on Sirius XM or one of these things one of these days. Somebody's going to pick me up. You watch. Wait, no, you, you watch. You're planting the seeds. You watch. Sirius XM, I'm bringing on one of your hosts, but if you ever need a guy, I know a guy. And I even know how to fling the mail, too, so I'm multifaceted. In this bitch, but let's talk about multifaceted. Let's talk about UFC 264 in this bitch. Uh, yeah, everybody is excited about the return of the notorious Conor McGregor. Uh, the UFC is making power moves out here as they're teaming up with uh, crypto.com. Which, uh, from the early uh, numbers that have been put out, I mean, it's sounding like that could mean an extra 10k. 10 to 15k uh per fighter on the UFC roster which that's not what i read no it is none of that money is being nope. transferred into the fighters no i don't know man from the early part it looked like some of it was getting split but it's not as big a split as they thought that's what i read unless no. there's new developments if no. there are please share i wish i could i wish i could give you exact from where i'm pretty sure it was mark ramundi that i had read it from but i believe that yeah so not being split amongst correct the so correct so what's going on is uh even though venom is making the new gear or whatever crypto will be the main brand on the gear itself and it's not it's not the money is not going towards the fighters like a like the reebok or venom deal but instead uh some fighters can be sponsored by crypto.com just like yep most organizations so that's what's going on yeah, dude it's, it's, that it's bums me out why oh, the fuck can dude. we not just do something to hook up the fighters hi damn it right, right kyle let's talk about it dude like the stats are piss me off every time i look at them go ahead Corey. i know you're getting mad too i can see your blood boiling just as much as mine i get so mad i want these guys to get paid give them that money jake paul says one thing right and it's about fighter pay but beyond that it's uh it's sim real, really, honestly, it's similar, very similar to the uh, monster deal that they already had in place where monsters got a big deal going on with the UFC 
but you can also be sponsored by Monster, so you can get paid for having that small patch on your fight kit. So it's going to be real sim- similar to that, but with that being said, it's still bullshit, man. This market share that they uh, mm-hmm. give to these fighters is insane. Any other professional sport, and especially with the, the amount of uh, hype and eyes that are on MMA and UFC in, gen- in particular, because they're the number one by far. And with the amount of numbers and market share that they're generating, man, it's just, it's insane the the percentage difference in fighter pay compared to every other sport. I understand right. there's going to be Incredible. a significant difference. I don't think Let me stop be. you right there, I, dude, I because that leads right into what I wanted to bring up. Because I literally just had this conversation with a customer at work the other day, and his argument to me with this whole thing, because we were talking about it in terms of the Francis Ngannou, uh, John Jones fight that was proposed and now how they've created this interim heavyweight title. And his response to me was that, uh, you signed the contract or you man of your word, you said you'd fight, then you fight. And I'm like, hold on a minute though. Like, I mean, in every business, whether we're talking about any sport, right. And, and, and here's the thing. Um, Ryan McKinnell, who you can check out this Tuesday after the fights and hear his thoughts right here on this year's show. Uh, was talking about it on MMA Today. And, you know, here's the thing. The UFC is on par right now to be on the same, uh, like, financial status as, like, the NHL right now. So that means you're looking at most guys, most top guys in the NHL are making on upwards of $10 million. Do you – we're talking about UFC 264, which we're going to get into our picks right after I finish this, but you're talking about a fight in which – one of the participants in the main event chose to take this fight because he knew he would make more money for this fight than he would have made fighting for the championship of the world. Now let that sink in your world title in one of your most exciting weight classes in all of MMA in every promotion. 155 is one of the best divisions. Your world title for that. You're telling me that the guy makes more money just by fighting this dude. Now, to go with my point on that, this guy's whole point was you sign a contract. Look, dude, like you said, Chase, on average, there's an 80-20 split between the UFC and the fighters. Less, Even less so than that. But go on. Right. On average, it's 80-20 when you add up everything with pay-per-view buys and all that shit. It's crazy because when you look at boxing, Floyd Mayweather in that whole debacle that went down, he had he's getting like 90 10 splits. Well, it's a little like, different for Floyd, but yeah. I understand that, but that's the Floyd point I'm trying to make here, though. Promotion. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I understand that there's levels to it, and I'm not saying that all fighters should be on a Floyd Mayweather level, but even in the case of let's talk about like John Jones or something, you know, I mean, I think maybe he might have gotten a little happy with that number, but regardless of all the stuff the guys pulled, if we're talking about merits of fights, I don't blame him in asking for more money in that fight to go with Francis Ngannou either, because I mean, they showed the payouts. John Jones has never really even gotten paid on the same level as a Conor McGregor either. Nope. What's the stats, Corey? Most, most 
promotion most organizations like giant uh, sports organizations they get those fighters or the athletes get between 50 to 55 percent and then ufc fighters get like 18 or something like that that's the number that i widely see reported is 18 that's insane so that 18 is actually really a lot less because the connor weighs that up over a lot and um, Khabib actually made $2 million just for the purse last time or something like that. So it's like a couple of people are making a million, but like that's it. Like a couple yeah. people, like five people. Everyone else is making a lot less. It's, it's incredible to watch. It, it really it's is. Sad. And to Kyle's point, what, what he was bringing up with the fighter pay and stuff, I almost wonder, is it like, of course, I feel like they're top stars and top athletes and stuff should be getting paid. But I feel like to really, if we wanted to even those numbers to where they should be, you should see like the lower level rookie UFC guys be making significantly more than they are. It should be like a right. $100,000 minimum contract type deal if we wanted to see those numbers where where they would get even remotely close to any other professional organization. Dude, give me a f- shit. If 50 was the lowest point that would be huge what's the lowest point right now 12 10 and 10 8 and 8 i I haven't seen many 8 and 8s in a while i think it's well i mean i think it's 10 and 10 or 12 or 12 but even with that being said we talked like the the new standard and if you don't for contender series winners 12 and and think about this if you don't win you just get 12 bitch you know it's like you you don't get the 24 if you don't win you just get twelve thousand. and right and and think about this too. That's the funnier, the crazier part about that is like we're talking about the Paul brothers. It, it just came out that uh, you're good, you're better with this girl's name. I'm you already know what I'm going to say, Corey. But there was a u- lower level UFC fighter that was coming up where Jake uh, Paul. There you go, Sarah Alpar. She she was having a hard time paying for her camp and all that. Jake Paul just donated $5,000 to help pay for her camp. How are you fighting in the biggest uh, organization in the world? And they don't have enough money to even pay for their fucking camp. Dude, it's embarrassing. If I'm Dana White, I would be embarrassed, dude. That's, that's trash. That's trash. And it's, it's unfortunate too, because a lot of these guys, they work so hard to get to that position where they get to the, where they can even get in a media room to ask any type of question like that but if you were to bring up something like that that there you go you're like a firecracker you lit your fuse and now you're gone because that's that's all that's about to turn out to be is a flash in the pan because it's unfortunate but that's it's kind of like a don't like a don't see don't tell type thing like Like a hush society Everybody knows what the hell's going on. All the MMA media, everybody who's big fans, ESPN themselves, I'm sure, hear all this rumblings, and they continue to do everything they can to promote the next pay-per-view. You know, like, they know they know what they got themselves into, and if anything, they're probably happier about the spread that, the way it is. Well, I mean, ESPN's getting there, so they're just plugging the next card to get somebody to buy the pay-per-view. Because, I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of people. Dana White said at the press conference that just went down tonight that they've had more pre-buys for this pay-per-view than they've had for any other pay-per-view. So, I mean, that tells you right there in and of itself what's going on. Well, enough flapping the fucking gums. Let's talk about UFC 264. Let's talk about some fucking scraps that are going on this weekend. I mean, we did already talk about a scrap, but, I mean, crunch time is going to put that man to sleep on Friday. But, hey. 
we got a lot more to talk about with uh, UFC 264. Hey, Gino, if you're watching, you said you want my picks. Here they are, motherfucker. Tune in. Uh, let's see. Let's start from the bottom. We'll make our way up. Says full card. The first fight that we've got on this card, according to... Let me what pull am I looking up at? so I can help you with pronunciations. I don't have the card pulled up, but there's that women's fight's the only one I don't... Oh, I don't know. So I know most of these, the first two are a little uh, out the way for me, but I'm going to do my best with the names. You got Alan Amedovsky versus Yazung Hu. Um, I've seen a Medovsky fight before. Um, Hu is, like I said, I've, I'm very, I'm a little off on these guys. Corey, I know you love the obscure ones. So do you got anything on our first fight of the night? You're talking early prelims because I'm trying to get them pulled up, but my Google's not. So the first card, I well, oh, mine it just says it. the what I've got is just the full card. It just says full card in front of me, so I don't know if that's just look the at, main card the, or the Jerome Rivera versus. Uh, yeah, that's the number two fight they got on there. So we'll start with that one: Jerome Rivera versus Zalagas Zamadulov. Yeah, because honestly, the first fight, I'm not particularly particularly familiar with either of them. And the second fight, I cannot put... I, I've seen Zem, Zemagulov. I've definitely seen him compete before, but I can't put my thumb on it. But Jerome Rivera, he is a, he is a very good uh, up-and-coming contender, in my opinion. He's looked good in a couple of his UFC fights, so I'm actually uh, excited to see him compete. Um. Any any thoughts on that fight for you guys? Jerome Rivera, I've seen Jerome Rivera fight. I'm interested to see him fight. Um, if I'm picking somebody in this fight, again, self-admittedly, I don't know as much about these two guys, but I'm going to go with Jerome Rivera. Like I said, I've seen him scrap a couple times. Uh, I'm not picking any method of victory on this one, but I'm picking Jerome Rivera to win. But the rest of this card, I've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The next fight that we've got on the docket, you got this is, Brad Tavares. You got Brad Tavares versus Omari Akhmedov. Uh, I am a huge fan of Brad Tavares. Yeah, I like Brad Tavares, man. I've been a big fan of his since he was on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, he always gets in there and scraps. Uh, Unc, what about you? What are you thinking with Brad Tavares versus Akhmedov? No, you know, I like Brad also, but like, I also like a lot of all the Russian fighters too. So I might just, I might just always bet Russian. Or if I'm betting, you might fuck around and find out putting it on Russian to get the dub. Hey, DraftKings, he said put it on Russian and win you some money. Hey, I'm still trying to figure out what my parlay is going to be for this weekend, man. I'm trying to win me some money off it. You see, I'm when we were out here getting. When we were out here getting tattoos and stuff, if it'll turn the right way. Yeah, I won 150 bucks while Lindsey Snow was tatting me up and uh, Izzy was out here catching uh, catching L's. But, I mean, hey, I did all right because Aljamain still got the dub, even though it was a DQ dub. He won and I won, and it was it was good money. How many fights so, do you uh, do for your parlays? Uh, I'm thinking usually three fights. I did a, I did a three, I did a four fight on the last one and I got screwed cause I bet on, I did what we do here. See at knockouts and three counts, we show love to those who show love to us. So, you know, I had to rock with Jamal sweet dreams Hill and well, yeah, his arm got broke. 
So uh, clearly, Jeez. my fucking parlay didn't go very well. Dislocated, not broke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his shit was flapping, whether it was dislocated or broke. Very dislocated. There's like His shit was flapping in the wind like these, all right? I wanted him to win too, but it didn't go that way. It just didn't go that way. As for this fight, though, Brad Tavares, I first off, Omariak Madoff has been on a real uh, rise, I guess you could say, since his Chris Weidman fight. He's looked a lot better since then. Uh, he kind of had a slumper in that fight, but other than that, he, he's looked really good in the UFC. So I don't know if this is a case of like he kind of gets in front of somebody with a name and kind of stutters, or if uh, he just is an improving fighter. But uh, Brad Tavares always comes out and bangs. And one note that I feel like definitely needs to be mentioned whenever you bring up his name, he has been handed the who's who of the division the whole fucking time. I mean, Rob Whitaker, uh, Edmund Shabazian, uh, Israel Adesanya, he's just been literally getting ate up by some of the top contenders in the division on their rise to that placement. So... Brad Tavares always goes in there and bangs. I always hope the best for him. He, he's coming off a good, solid win, so I roll with him in this one, but we'll see. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page. I think Brad Tavares is the way we're going in this one. The next fight on the docket, Trevin Giles versus Dreykus Duplacis. Uh, yeah, I probably butchered his name, so uh, if you're coming Dupl- to kick my ass, at least come on the Dupl- show first. He is South uh, South African, so it's it's like a slightly French pronunciation. Pronunciation. All right. Well, who are you picking on, motherfucker? Um, honestly, that should be a really fun fight. Uh, yet again, Trevin Giles. <laughs> even though I feel like he robbed my boy uh, James Krauts, that was a complete bullshit uh, decision win. But nonetheless. He is on a uh, pretty good uh, win streak. He's looked really good. He's really uh, one of those younger, I don't know necessarily how young he is still at this point, but I believe he's like just now reaching 30, maybe 32 at the most. But he's one of those younger in his skill fighters who has just came out there every single time and shown significant improvement. So uh, with that being said, I really do like Trevin Giles, but Duplassie's is a uh, multiple-time champion from, uh, I forget which organization, uh, escapes escapes me at the moment. So the, either way, I feel like this is going to be an absolute banger of a fight. I don't necessarily know who to lean with because uh, Placis is only coming into a second fight now in the UFC where Trevin Giles is more experienced. So normally I tend to lean towards experience, but uh, Placis is nobody to fuck with. So uh, I'm excited for this fight. Well, Unc, you got a pick on this one? No. Love, he said I, no. I, I very much respect the honesty. <laughs> hey, I, I respect it. Uh, for me, I'm actually going the opposite way in this one. I think uh, Trevin Giles is going to get the win on this one. I'm going to go towards experience in the cage. Also, not only because of experience during the cage, I also feel like he's more explosive than Duplacis as well. So... Like I say, I uh, I'm gonna go with Trevin Giles in this one. I'm not picking a uh, mode of victory in this one, but I I am gonna go with uh, Giles. All right, this is a fight that you and I have talked a lot about on Xbox, 
You have Ty Tuivasa versus Greg Hardy. Unk, you seem to have an opinion on this one, so I will let you go first. What are your thoughts on this fight? <laughs> oh, I love I really love this fight, bro. For real. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's nothing to hate about this. I think they're gonna just fucking slug it out. I think they're gonna slug it out. My man's I, I know my man's uh Greg Hardy. This is like pretty much what he wants. It's like a decent name who isn't gonna shoot on him. Yep. So I think so I think it's gonna be a good fight. I really do. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. Who are you picking though? Greg Hardy. I think Greg Hardy will win for real. For real. Ooh, yeah, I okay. See, I don't see why not. I think and I think a huge awesome thing that Greg Hardy did. He obviously obviously gets better every fight. So let's yep. not hate on it for real. For real. Yeah, he um, does. And he fights really frequently. He only started three years ago. He still only started three years ago. I know it seems like he's had a lot of fights because he has. He fought. He fought really frequently. And but this time he took seven months off, which he's never done before, to really hone in his skills. And I think he's going to use it, man. Let's see what he can come up with. Like he's going to be. One thing he talked about was using that time off to be really comfortable on the ground. So that's going to be really interesting to see. That is because he seems, I watched his media day and his uh, scrum that he had and stuff in front of the cameras. And he genuinely seemed like a different, more relaxed version of himself. He looked like he was maybe more comfortable in his skin where he was at in his career in the UFC at this point. You know, you're talking about somebody who had already been on a professional stage but in a completely different organization, you know, obviously playing football. And for him to make the transition, he just did not look comfortable in the skin for a while. And I feel like if he really did take this time to improve his skills, I mean, we could definitely see a, a, a level two Greg Hardy. Um, right, why not? And not only that, like you had pointed out with the matchup, Ty Tuivasa is not known at all for his ground out performances on anybody i can't even think of a time that he's even tried to shoot on anybody me so it's gonna be a hell of a, a banger that's the best way to describe it i feel like ty pick two of us should be more skilled should it's a big should in my opinion that's the, how i lean it, it, he should but greg hardy is i feel the not only bigger man but uh like naturally stronger like he looks like he uh is a 265 jacked where tai tuavasa isn't that so i feel like that makes a difference for sure so you're going with greg hardy no i i feel like like i said it's a should for tai tuavasa because he is the lifelong martial artist he's the one that claims to be you know the the stand and bang with me with anybody and i'll win type of guy i mean you should be able to beat a greg hardy who's only been doing this for a couple years but there's a big should on the front of that in my in my opinion all right so you're going with tai tuavasa okay so for me i i also think it's going to be tai tuavasa but more so for the reason like you said uh greg hardy does not want to fight on the ground and Tai Tuavasa doesn't want to fight on the ground. And if there were ever a guy that fighting and keeping it on the feet actually plays into his opponent's favor, I would say that it would be Tai Tuavasa. 
that being said, I will definitely say that I think the athleticism advantage in this fight definitely goes to uh, Greg Hardy. But that being said, I think the overall experience and savviness of Tai Tuivasa is going to be the difference in this one. And I feel like Greg Hardy's gas tank might get him in trouble and get him caught. Um, that being said, Donald, I see you in the comments. Um, I actually do know John Shawbeck a little bit uh, from training around here. I don't know him. I don't. I don't. I haven't talked to him in uh, quite a while. But we are open to having anybody on here. So, Chalbeck, if you get lined up with Bare Knuckle FC, come bring it this way. As any of you guys who don't know, we've already had, you know, Josh the Hammer Burns, who's done his thing with BKFC quite a few times. And, you know, I'm hearing some rumblings is getting ready to want to fight Sam Shoemaker coming up here. So maybe you'll see the return of the Hammer two knockouts and three counts if uh that fight with sam shoemaker gets uh put together um top five at 145 like i said man i'm open to anything so if you know john jawbeck and you want to see him brought on this show tag him and come on with it man we we, we're not opposed we're not uh we're all for making new friends here at knockouts three counts uh but this UFC card. This next fight is very interesting to me. Uh, I've been a big fan of this guy for a very long time. You have Ryan Hall stepping back into the cage against Ilya Taporia. Ta- Look. Tapura. Really close, though. Tapura, Taporia. I, I don't you, give a fuck. No, I, I, I clap you for getting that first name right with no hesitation. That's what I give you for. Corey, see, here's the thing. You must forget. They let me speak at these nice, fancy events sometimes. I may not use my proper grammar here on knockouts and three counts, but see, hey, that's the best part of being the host and the one behind these here controls is guess what? I can do that shit. But see, I can also do the other end, so that's why you need to uh, get your boy out here at uh, some of these shows. But, hey, I digress. Um. Yeah, about this fight, I'm a big fan of Ryan Hall. Uh, him being a jiu-jitsu guy, uh, it's no secret. I'm always a little, uh, I'm a little partial towards the jiu-jitsu guys, and I'm, I've always been a little partial towards Ryan Hall. Uh, I think Ryan Hall is gonna take home one of Ilya's legs with him, and uh, I kind of, I think that's kind of how this fight goes. I think uh, Ryan Hall has something to prove. I want to see it happen. Uh, what say you guys, Unc, do you got a, do you got an opinion on this fight? Yeah. I always lean towards the jujitsu guys also. And I'm a big Ryan Hall fan just because he has such a different style too. Yeah. So it's like, I haven't seen that style implemented since the last time that he fought. So I'm like, it's like we're robbed of seeing this unique experience because he doesn't fight so often. And I'm, and hey, no one's been able to figure out the puzzle. So why not just keep going? Let's just let's just keep going with it. I want to see Ryan Hawk either do a random kick or or take a guy and knock him out or get, or do a fucking uh, heel hook inside outside whatever and just take it out take him out. Either way, I love watching Ryan Hall fight. So let, let's do more. Let's get more undefeated Ryan Hall. Let's see him versus a a ranked fighter. That's what I'm trying to see for sure. Like a top ten dude. Like I, I want to see it, man. Not to keep bringing up uh, media scrums and stuff, but he had actually brought up because he was scheduled to fight Dan Ige. I don't know if uh, you guys were aware. Yeah. And he he unfortunately had to pull out of that because he had uh, 
partially tore his hip flexor. So, you know, serious injury, he got enough time to recover and stuff, and he's, he said it was kind of a, of a blessing in disguise. He's able to uh, heal up some underlying injuries that weren't necessarily linked to his hip issue, but nonetheless were, were you know, lingering issues nonetheless. Um, in this fight, though... Kind of like the Washington football team's name situation, but I'll leave that alone. You know how hard I had to work to find this fucking Redskins hat? As a hat. I can see why. They're not the Redskins no more because they, they took the dumbass hey, name, the Washington football team. As a, as a proud, uh, very partial Native American, <laughs> after getting my blood results, it's not quite as much as I Just because you got Ancestry.com doesn't make you part Native American, motherfucker. No, I thought I was more. I was always told my whole life I was more. <laughs> than I am and I get my fucking blood results back I'm like 8% I'm like oh yeah we're really fucking Native American guys like one, one somebody took a piss in my family tree and I that's about what I have there but uh nonetheless um this explain to me how that's gonna pick Ryan Hall this I mean yeah alright so long story short Ryan Hall's gonna win in my opinion but it's really going to be interesting if uh, Tyfora can keep it at range, man. He is actually a very skilled fighter for people that aren't necessarily familiar with him yet. They will be given another couple more years with his career and his uh, trajectory. He's looked really good. And I feel like this is going to be uh, uh, a sneaky good fight unless we see like an Eminari roll to a heel hook early or something along those lines. I think it's going to be a very good fight. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. I think it's going to be a sleeper fight. But you know a fight that's going to have everybody's eyes open? No. Just because, just ask Joe Rogan. It's Jessica I is getting in the cage. <laughs> I had to go there. Against uh, Jennifer Maya. Uh, I mean, hey, Joe, I'm not mad at you, bro. I'm not mad at you, bro. No, we get it. But, uh, I mean, hey. Sometimes it'd be like that, bro. But uh yeah, she's going to war with Jennifer Maya. What uh what's your thoughts on this one, bro? Whoever on. wants it first, the floor is open. I guess I will take the lead on this one. Jessica I is always somebody that uh she has moments of uh real dog and grit in her fights, and then she has moments where she just gets completely fucking outclassed. <laughs> like to say it uh how I feel. She just gets out class sometimes. And I feel like Jennifer Maya, if she's able to control some positions on the ground, might be able to do that. But I also feel like uh, Jennifer Maya doesn't have that same type of uh, grit and dog in her that I feel like uh, Jessica I does. So it's, it's an interesting fight in that regard. If uh, Jessica I is able to put anything on her, I feel like she's kind of a snowball that starts rolling downhill. If she's able to feel some success, it really, uh, the momentum builds. But I feel like Jessica, or uh, Jennifer Maya might be able to, uh, snatch up a submission in this, honestly. If I'm, if I was a betting man, that's where my money would be. Okay. Well, Unc, what about you? Where are you laying them bets at? Where are you putting them bingo cards? I'm a big fan of Jessica I because, uh, I like her OnlyFans. And you know, I just support sex workers, you know, and I'm not a so I'm not a dick, you know. So basically, I'm gonna go with Jessica I because she has definitely caught my eye quite a few times. 
So you're from the Joe Rogan school of thought. Uh, anyway, oh, uh, <laughs> hey, anyway, dude, I look, I'm a big fan of Jessica. I just with the way she fights, man, she gets in there and scraps, just like you said, gets in there. She's got that dog being from Cleveland. Uh, I think Jennifer Maya is the more technically sound of the two of them, but something in me says that the move in training camps and move from Cleveland and the reinvigoration for Jessica, I might be the difference. Uh, like I said, I'm always a big fan of the way she fights and, uh, Hey man, let's see if she can get it done. I'm going to go with, uh, Jessica on this one. Um, all right. Now we're getting to some, to some cutting. All right. I don't care how old this next guy gets. <laughs> I'm with it, bro. You know, I'm with it. You know, you can see that we don't discriminate against age here at knockouts and three counts. Uh, but look, this next fight, I've been watching this guy fight since I first started training in jiu-jitsu or MMA. And that was like a lot of time ago. Uh, we're talking about the natural born killer, Carlos Condit, stepping back in the cage against Max Griffin. Uh, look, man, straight up, I am partial towards the natural born killer. I'm picking Carlos Condit in this bitch, flat out. That's where I'm going. It's natural born killer this way. Unk, what about you? I think it's pretty much a sin if you're. If you're not a casual, if you're a hardcore MMA fan, to pick against Carlos Condit, I think I think that's a sin. How dare you? I will slap you upside the face if you do that. Do not. Go ahead. Well, you better come find me then, because I'm picking Carlos Condit. No. Oh, um, you you fucking got me for real. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> no. But to to be partial, uh, Max Max Griffin's he's got some really good boxing man. He, he's he's really good on his feet. I feel like uh, it is going to be a good fight, but yeah, I got to go, Carlo. I got to. Oh, Mr. Conduit himself, he's going to pull this one out. He's already... Uh, Condit, sir. You're, you're you're talking about my pronunciation and names, and you fuck up the easiest one out of all of them. I, I said Condit, didn't I? You said did Conduit. I conduit. Did I, did you I said Conduit. conduit? Yes, That's you did, funny. sir. Don't yeah, catch me. I See, I got I got these things called headphones on. I turned my hearing aid up. Apparently, Unk has two because he has stuck around through the whole show with us. We're almost through this card. Gino, you wanted my picks. Do not help with pronunciations. I've, I've, I've learned that. Uh. You're just lucky that uh, you just better hope that if you ever go to a fight that it's in Nevada because now that they're not testing for that, you might be lucky. Uh, but. Speaking of a guy who might be tested for those kind of things, I mean, Sean O'Malley, we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we get there, you got Nico Price versus Michelle Pierre. Uh, Pierre. Michelle Pajeda. Pajeda. Yeah, there you go. I got it. I can get the weird ones. I can't get I fucking love Pajeda. All right. I do, too. This fight is interesting because Nico Price is a fucking dog, dude. It's insane matchup. This yeah. is the most slept on matchup. This is going to no doubt have some ridiculous <laughs> highlight that will go viral on Facebook the next day that your casual friend will ask you about. I'm dead ass serious. These two yeah. are so unorthodox. I love Pajeda. One of my absolute favorites is a treat to watch him fight. This is 
hell of a card uh, on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm with you, bro. I mean, a lot of people were talking about uh, the lack of star port power on it. I mean, who are you rolling with, Unc? Uh, damn, this is a hard one, but I'm going to go with uh, Pajeda. Okay. All right, Pajeda. All right, Corey, where are you going? Not to lead with it, Nico Price is where I'm going because I'm a huge. Nico That's kind of where I was thinking, man. I feel like the dog in Nico Price is about to make this fight dirty. So I feel like Michelle Pajeda's spent his last couple training camps. I believe it was last two fights now that he's kind of not changed his style, but changed the pace at which he fights. He's he started to look like a different fighter slightly in there. And I feel like that's going to work against his favor in this fight because when you're fighting Nico Price, I don't feel like you're going to get that option. You're not going to be able to pick the pace. You're not going to be able to set your own tone. That's one thing Nico Price does is he brings the fight to people. And uh, I feel like that's what we're going to be able to see is uh, Nico Price kind of pour it onto him and maybe Michelle Pajeda not be able to uh, keep up would be my but. Good analysis. I I could easily see that. That's honestly the same way I was going with this one. I feel like uh, the key to victory for Nico Price in this one is just going to be he's going to have to he's going to have to make this fight dirty. He's going to have to be in his face at all times. He's got to not leave him enough room to be able to move around and get that weird style going or any of those kind of things. I feel like if Nico Price makes this dirty and gets up in his grill. I feel like he makes this fight a real problem for uh, Michelle Pieta. Uh I I tend to lean towards the same way as Corey. I think Nico Price is going to get him a win in this one, but I think this is a fight that could very well go the distance too. Yeah. Um, and just to all right, said, I am a big fan of both guys, so I'm going to be watching this one heavy. I, I like both guys in that fight for sure. Facts. All right. Now we're getting to some of the fights that everybody's been talking about. We got four fights left on this card. You got Sean O'Malley versus uh, his new opponent, which was supposed to be Luis Smoka originally. Uh, Corey, since you've had a lot to say about this one, I'll let you do the lead away with uh, Sean O'Malley's new opponent and why you seem to be not very happy with the matchup. I mean, I all right, so I had preferenced it when we had our conversation with the fact I get it's short notice. I get everything that goes into that regards of it. But come on, man. This guy is a living, breathing hype train. He's got everything going in his direction. And you guys talk about, like, his whole thing is his next fight's going to be somebody big. And then that comes out to be, no offense, but Louis Smoka, fine fighter but nothing necessarily that stands out in my opinion uh he's just been kind of a a ufc vet another guy that they were hoping to hand to sean o'malley and get him a win and this short notice matchup with uh a lot of people apparently being you know offered to him and shit or a lot of people at least calling for him on Twitter and calling for him on social medias and shit for it to end up being a new guy for, to the UFC. That's only on a two fight win streak who I have seen perform and he looked okay. I wasn't overly crazy impressed with him. It's Chris uh, Matinho. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I've seen him. Chris Matinho. It's just, I, 
Uh, come on, man. You so did, you guys could have did better, way better, in my opinion, with the original matchup. Let alone the fact that this is who you end up falling on for a late replacement. But well, to l- elaborate on a little bit of what Corey's saying, you know, I was listening uh, to Sean on a podcast with the Schmo, and he was talking about how there were multiple names that were announced for this fight or uh, proposed for this fight. I mean, even past guests of the show, Cody. Uh, Cody Stamen put his name in the ring for it, but they said he couldn't make uh, 135. Uh, honestly, in this case, I don't really give Sean O'Malley like too much slack for this. Uh, I mean, honestly, matchup is what matchup is. You take who they give you. I mean, that's yeah. you know that's the list of guys they gave in there. And I mean, here's the other thing that you got to take into effect when you're talking about a Sean O'Malley fight, right? So yes. Uh, in a way, you can look at it in the same sense as a Conor McGregor, as he's a guy who talks a lot. So there's going to be a lot of uh, hype around his fight. But on the flip side of that, there's also uh, the flip to that, where because he talks a lot and isn't ranked, he is it's not ranked. It's insane to me, but no. it, it's insane. But. If you're talking about any of those big name guys, you know, coming down to fight him or stepping up to fight him, it's a lot of risk for a guy who's not in the rankings. Yeah. That's a lot of risk against a guy who's not in the rankings, who, you know, other than that loss to Cheeto Vera, I mean, really was steamrolling through people. So, I mean, that's something to take into effect. Obviously, in this fight, uh, I'm picking Sean O'Malley. Uh, I think Sean O'Malley is going to have another highlight reel knockout, but, uh, who knows? Maybe I could be wrong, and Chris Matino comes out to, uh, you know, shock us. But Unc, do you have a different opinion than us on this one? No, I, I like. Uh, you know, it's 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 weird what you were speaking on earlier, Corey, because it's like Sean would easily take a top ten fighter if they gave it to him. Yeah. He calls out. He te- he calls out. That's top ten that's fighters like, all the time. But it's also like. Yeah, so what can he do? I mean, it is what it is. They want to give him Louis Smoka or whatever. Like, it is what it is. But um, you might as well at this point give him this guy. So I've looked into this guy. I guess he's like two and two in his last four, and he's just like a scrapper. <laughs> hey, man, if if anything, if you're gonna pay Sean O'Malley, if you're gonna want, if you're gonna make sure he's on this pay per view, this Connor fight, they want him on the Connor pay per view. Uh, hey, make sure line him up. For a highlight, fuck it, man. Get your money's yeah. worth out of the guy, because yeah. uh, honestly, I check out. I'm not, I'm not like a huge fan of him, but I, I check out his podcast maybe like once a month or twice a month or so. Like mm-hmm. he does reach algorithms, so you know, use them, use them for what yep. he's there for. I mean, I'm with I, you. It, I think. It came in a form of a question to him, so I, I take it for what it is. I mean, it might have been one of the media members just kind of trying to give him a little shine or something. But uh, they said that obviously, besides Connor, he was the uh, number one trending athlete in in the uh, event this weekend, which is surprising to me, even over Dustin Poirier. So, for sure, you know, like like you had said. I understand the point of like they want to get their return from their investment, but they're playing the uh, the Bellator MVP card at this point. In my mm. in my opinion, it's almost at that stage of the game where we're talking five six fights into the promotion, and he's still fighting people that 
he should be fighting better competition in my hey, opinion. Hey, that's not really fair because he lost. He got finished. He got finished against Cheeto. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like he has been. And it's his first fight back. I mean, it's not like no. MVP, or second fight, second fight, second fight. Excuse it's me. not like MVP really. Because MVP really did fight Cam for so long, and he still is. He still <laughs> is fighting cans, dude. MVP lost, is like the king to, of tomato cans. Right. Well, well he lost to the one, the one good fighter, Douglas Lima. So. Yeah. Lima, yeah. But that's. It feels like that's the the route we're going. Where I feel like, especially to to parlay to somebody we're going to be talking about in further later, to the Conor McGregor experience. I guess you could word it as. Sean O'Malley is somebody I feel like could have been on that trajectory. I mean, yeah, well, he did he did suffer that loss to Cheeto, and there is no taking that away. That is what it is. But you, you're telling me he still couldn't have fought. He fought Tom Thomas Almeida, which is a a good contender, but was on a real fight skid. And now they're like I said, Louis Louis Smoka, in my opinion, would have lost to Thomas Almeida if we were matching those two up so it's like i in in what world do you have a star with such bright potential and you just give them the like i don't i, I just don't understand it i i don't know how to word it properly but it's i just do not understand i mean it. i feel like like what chase said has got a lot to do with it i mean the man is coming off of getting finished by cheeto he came back and had that big win uh, and if you, Mr. I check my medias have been checking Sean O'Malley's medias, he's been talking about how, if he wins this fight, he already has a call out all primed, ready and, you know, primed, ready and ready to go. And he said that yeah. it's a name that's going to raise some heads. So let's let this man come out here and take care of business and we'll see what happens for any of you guys that are tuning in. We're talking about Sean O'Malley. We're getting to your co-main event and your main event coming up here. Uh, what do you guys think is going to go down for UFC 264? Um, let's see here. The next fight we got on the card, I mean, obviously not necessarily the um, not necessarily the correct order, but you've got uh, Yana Kunitskaya versus Irene Aldana. Uh, look, man, I'm going to throw this out here right now. Corey, you were here. I've already bet my money on this girl before. Uh, I feel like Yana Kunitskaya is going to come out here and get her a damn dub. Yeah. Flat out. I think Yana Kunitskaya is about to come out here and get a dub. They got her as the underdog again, but I say keep betting against her, damn it. I don't see a high enough upside for Aldana in this one that I don't think that Kunitskaya can't just come in there and overcome her with that dog. Because don't let the looks fool you, bro. Yana Kunitskaya is a dog and is in somebody's face the whole fight. And I feel like that's going to be what makes the difference uh, here against Irene Aldana. So I'm going with the underdog, Yana Kunitskaya. Who are you guys picking? Um, well, if I'm going to take the lead on it, I would say to agree with you, I think Yana is uh, a... She is somebody, in all honesty, two years ago when she came in initially and fought Cyborg on super short notice and then had a couple fights following that, I was like, I don't know if she's UFC material, was honestly like my thoughts for a while. And then to watch her improve her skills to the point where she is right now, I mean, 
it, it's it's truly impressive. I am she's made me a fan of hers. She honestly has. But with that being said, uh, Irene Aldana, she didn't look that impressive. I feel like in her last big spot when she fought Holly Holm, she got pretty much dominated in that whole fight. Um, I don't know if she's gonna make some gigantic turnaround in this fight. She's got decent boxing, but I just don't know if that's enough to do it. I honestly don't. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I feel like Yana's going to be able to push her up against the fence, maybe control position, get enough takedowns, and land enough shots in those clinched positions where she's going to end up winning the fight. Well, Uncle, what do you think? Do you think Yana's got it in her? Well, I don't know. Too, I don't know too much about him, but if this person is actually a dog, like you said, dressed up as a human being, I'm going to guess that uh, they would win, to be honest, because of the nails and the teeth. I don't know. Well, I'm pretty sure. I've I've had this thought a couple times. If a dog tried to fuck me up, one single dog, I think. You, I yeah. You're a bad motherfucker, but would, would like a 135-pound woman be a 135-pound dog? No. That would be that would be an un, unfavorable matchup, I would imagine. Right. Well... I'm just going to throw this out here. I'm pretty sure out of all the people who could be disguised in, in a human suit and be a dog. I mean, Yana Kunitskaya, I mean, if that's a suit, they did a damn good job with that suit. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm just going to throw it out there. I mean, I got a suit coming. I hope the suit that I'm about to be putting on here is about to have me styling and profiling like the nature boy when I got to watch my sister do her damn thing at the aisle. Uh, yeah, we got to do that in Nashville and all that good shit. Maybe I'll have some uh, Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey when I go out there to Nashville before I hop on this plane to Viva Las Vegas. All right, we got the co-main event of the night. Hot damn it. Yeah, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to be out here trying to fulfill these hosting duties. That's why you guys need to hit that subscribe button, like button, comment button, share button. We need to let motherfuckers know that they're going to be entertained by knockouts and three counts. And what else I feel like we're going to be entertained by is your co-main event in Gilbert Burns versus oh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Um yeah, I'm this fight pumped. is very, very interesting. Chase, what about you? Where are you at on this fight? I'm super pumped about this. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I'm a huge Wonder Boy fan, and uh, but there's something about Burns' last couple of performances that got me so hyped. I'm like, it, it, he's so impressive. Like I love his explosion, and, yeah. and he's obviously comfortable in every situation right now. And I'm actually really, really impressed with Gilbert. And so. Uh, I was watching him uh, earlier today to do some research and then something hit me. And I was just like, wait a second. Like wonder boy does his thing so damn well. I honestly don't, I, I got to go with wonder boy. I got to be, I got to be honest. I got to go with wonder boy. I don't see any reason not to go with him now. And I was thinking like, Oh, Gilbert Burns is, is really good. Cause I loved his last couple of performances, mm -hmm. but wonder boy has seen it before. He's seen this shit before. He's seen what Gilbert Burns has before for the puzzle of Stephen Thompson. So let, let, let's see. That's I I agree. The experience it, to bubble it down to a couple words. The experience is going to be a big difference in my opinion for sure with the uh, 
Wonder Boy is just he's he's awesome, man. He's such a fan favorite for not only his uh in the cage style, but his out the cage, you know, nicest motherfucker belt, you know, like he he's one of the best in the uh in the MMA sphere, that's for sure. But with that being said, so is Gilbert Burns, man. Anybody who's been following his career, and especially, like you said, since he's been on the big rise as of late, he's uh, he's becoming a fan favorite, for sure. He's becoming that... If he would have been able to uh, win that fight against Kamaru Usman, we'd be talking about a completely different Gilbert Burns in this uh, scenario. But even with that being said, I feel like um, Gilbert Burns does pose some real uh, problems for somebody like Wonder Boy because he does carry pro uh, power in his hands. He might be able to uh, throw a couple big bombs, try to get him up against the fence, and then try to get the takedown and implement his jiu-jitsu from there. But who's ever done that? That's what I was just about to get to. Is It's Wonder Boy, though, and he's so good at circling out and changing angles and going from left to right and being so light on his feet throughout the three rounds, especially because this isn't a five-round fight, he's right. he's going to be able to really showcase his full potential over 15 minutes, in my opinion, is what we'll end up seeing, and I think it's going to be a decision in his, uh, in his way. All right, well, before I get to my pick... Donald Holland, man, we're making we're making friends here one person at a time. He's trying to uh, bring John Shawbeck to the show. Uh, John Shawbeck is a guy I've gotten to see him fight in MMA, and now I've seen him do his thing with Bare Knuckle FC. You know, who knows? Maybe he'll make his way here to knockouts and three counts. Donald says he'd like to see him here on the show. Well, look here. We'll be your Huckleberry. Just shoot us a message. Uh, that being said, as far as this fight goes, man, I... So I think Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is going to win this fight. But what makes this fight uh, very interesting to me is I was very impressed by up until he got caught, the striking of Burns in his fight against uh, Usman, because, you know, we're to over here talking about this man as the jiu-jitsu guy. But if correct me if I'm wrong, you know, uh, to quote Nate Diaz, I mean, he was out on his feet. I mean, he had he had the champ on uh, wobbly legs. So, I mean, while I say the man is a jiu-jitsu guy, I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, we can't see him throw his hands. Now, uh, I feel like the, the thing for Wonder Boy in this fight is going to be that he's going to have to weather the early storm. I feel like Burns is really going to try to put, him on it, put it on him in the first couple rounds. And if he can get through maybe like the halfway point in round two, I feel like Steven Wonderboy Thompson kind of outpoints him. And I feel like will get his way to a decision victory on this one. If I'm picking one. All right. We've done a lot of flapping our gums about fights on this one. Hell, now that I look at it, we went through the whole prelims even for you guys. So Gino, you wanted to know who to pick on DraftKings. Just know that when you win all that money because you listened to who I told you to pick, I want my cut. But uh, besides that, uh, speaking of cuts and speaking of fights, we got a main event to talk about. Uh, Conor McGregor is making his way back to the cage to face Dustin Poirier again for the third time. Now, I've heard a lot of people say in the lead up to this fight that Conor McGregor 
doesn't have that dog in him no more. Conor McGregor doesn't have the will to want to fight anymore. Now, in most circumstances, when somebody makes money, I would agree, especially quoting the great uh, Marvin Hagler. It's, you know, it's hard to run the miles when you're, you know, and you're when you're making millions of dollars, you know, but at the same time, Conor McGregor would never need to step in a cage again to make any money. And the fact that not only are you going to do that, you're going to step out and take the toughest fight that you can get. Uh, I mean, hey can say whatever you want but the man's got a set on him now if that's gonna pay dividends for him or not that remains to be seen because me personally i said this on this show i thought that the fight that he should have made especially off of the hype of the leon edwards fight would have been for him to go fight nate again i feel like that would have been a safer fight and a fight that he could win and put him right back in this spot anyway but again props to conor mcgregor because he showed look dude I ain't scared. So here we are. Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor three. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think Dustin Poirier is going to, he's too good in this one. I feel like he has made the, uh, made the adjustments as Unk is making adjustments with a white furry friend on the screen. I don't know if, uh, said furry friend is uh the new mascot hey maybe it could be like tanahashi's fucking uh uh cat that he had i forgot the name is uh uh losing me here but yeah i think uh i think i'm so sorry i threw you off go ahead (laughs) you're all you're all good but uh yeah dude like i said i think uh i think connor is i mean even though i feel like connor's gonna be more focused for this fight i feel like dustin is all over the the better fighter but that being said dude if you watch the press conference connor really seemed to be kind of getting in dustin's getting in dustin's grill a little bit uh so i'm gonna go with dustin poirier on this one but i mean it's definitely an interesting one unk what say you uh, every counter fight's gonna be interesting so i understand what you're getting at because Yes, in my heart, do I think I know what's going to happen? Yes, but Connor will always make it interesting. I want to bring something up. The last time I was on here is when this the second fight got announced, and I said, "Hey, Connor has gotten better, even though Dustin Poirier has gotten better." So why would the second fight be any different? I am eating those words so much, and it's honestly, it's right in front of me. I I don't know how I missed it, Dustin Poirier has been in these dog fights while Connor wasn't getting in these dog fights. Dustin Poirier has seen it all and just walked right through it. It's yeah. actually incredible. Only person to beat him since Michael Johnson's been Khabib, right? So it's like, yeah. dude, like think think about that. How long ago that was. That That is incredible. Uh, so now it's right in front of my face. Uh, Dustin Poirier is the better f- fighter all around. He's actually something special. Uh, when when he's gone, we're going to realize, damn, we can always rely on Poirier to put on a classic fight. And I'm so happy for him to get this third fight off of Connor. And yes, I do believe he will win. And yes, I'm betting and I'm going to make a lot of money off of it. All right. Well, love, you bring up another. Comment. I love the. Comment. I was going to say he brings up a very good point, though, when we're talking about uh, this whole you know, this Dustin versus Connor thing, man, because not only has Dustin been in all these dog fights, 
I mean, let's not forget the fact that Conor McGregor hasn't won a fight at 155 in eight years. Yeah. Whew. His record at 55 is one and one. So take that also for what it is. Yeah. Well, so, go ahead and make your pick, Corey. Uh, so short, short and sweet, Dustin Poirier, hopefully. But yet again, like I had preference the first fight because I honestly feel like you could take the exact segment that I put in the not the first fight obviously but the second fight you can take the segment that I had said about that and it applies perfectly still to this one you're going to see a more focused Conor McGregor obviously like you had said Dustin Poirier is been in much more of a game time scenario situation like he is the gamer of gamers when it comes to fighters, man. He, the fact that the only person to beat him in the most competitive division was Khabib in the last like seven, eight years is just insane. It really is. And he's been fighting the who's who the whole time. Right. But Connor has that legitimate shut him off power. And if he's able to hit Dustin with something, it, it still scares me. I mean, I'm a huge Dustin Poirier fan. Uh, one of the few fighters that have contemplated buying uh, a tire for, but charges too much for shipping. So I'm stingy on shipping, but, uh, Hey man, that's got to pay my bills. So stop being a bitch. No, (laughs) fuck fuck paying fucking $15 for them to ship a goddamn t-shirt to my house when it's inside. Well, you got to ship it through the post office and you'd be all right. But I mean, I digress. But with that being said, um, I hope Dustin Poirier is able to win this because I feel like this will be even more of a stamp on his career. I feel like this is the type of thing that could really get the the fans behind him instead of him being the one where a lot of people love him, but he's fighting the A-side and Connor. I feel like he could be somebody of a Connor status other than the shit talk, obviously, but... He's got to win this fight, man. This one still makes me nervous, just like the second fight did. Um, Everything that Dustin did to get himself to this point is on the line, in my opinion. I feel like even if he does lose this fight, he's not going to be far off from the title. But it's going to be a a hill to climb, and he's going to watch Conor McGregor in front of him fighting for the belt and shit. And it's just, it's he's got to win. He's got to win. Well, I think the story in this fight is it's a fight of legacy. You got Conor McGregor on one point trying to prove that he's still there. You got Dustin Poirier. If he wins this fight, pretty much cements his legacy and then, you know, gets to go on to fight Oliveira and uh, see what's good with uh, that ultimate lightweight title. And then if, you know, McGregor wins, you know, he he puts himself right back in it. So, I mean, if Dustin Poirier loses, man, I mean, you know, we've talked about the gamble to take this fight over the title fight. If he loses this fight in the same way, I said that it would be tough for Conor McGregor to get back to the title. I mean, Dustin Poirier is going to have to win a couple too, and that's what makes UFC 264 a banger of a card. You know, maybe for one of these, we're going to have to eventually get Uncle Chase to come out and watch one with us. But uh, until then, I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking forward to UFC 264. Uncle, before we get out of here, you know, if there's anything that you need to plug or let anybody know where they're going to find you, uh, let them know where to find you at. Holla at me. 
Holler at me on Twitter, uh, Bald and Bougie two four eight. This month, I'm gonna be on the Flop House show, a tribute to day drinking, which is just every weekend for me, really. But it's gonna be a fantastic show. I can't wait. Uh, you'll plug it next week for another hour. So I just want to let you guys know I'm on that, and also I will be on the Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling show. I'm not sure if that's okay for me to say, but I will be on there on the 20. Fuck it, exclusives, exclusive. Um, <laughs> no, but really, uh, I'll be there, which I'm really pumped about up in Kalkaska, and it is worth the drive for any downriver wrestling fan. But there's like four, maybe even five Michigan indie shows going on on the 24th of July, which is insane. But, um, wow. this one will definitely be the best because this one is the one that's paying me. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it'll be the best, anyways. I'm, I'm I, I mean, I like making money too, sir. So, I mean. You rep Mr. Chainsaw. Go ahead, Corey. I was just going to say, for those of us uh, unaware, where the hell is Kalakaska? I would say it's about three hours away from where I live, which is, so I would say it's probably about three and a half hours away from Downriver. West west side of the state? I think it's north. north. It's north. It actually takes 75 north the entire time. And it's awesome. And everything there, everything in the town is a barn that just is made into something else. So it's like a barn dispensary, a barn strip club, a barn daycare. Go to the barn, damn it! And go and hit that subscribe button and make sure you check it out. Make sure you check out Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling. And if you're checking out UFC 264, Make sure you check us out this Tuesday with the host of MMA Today with Misha Cupcake, Misha Cupcake Tate, Mr. Ryan McKinnell. And until next time and in the in-between time, peace.